Bonne journée. Hey yo. Hey. The Osan bad girl herself. <laughs> what up? <laughs> how's uh how's your Friday going? My Friday oh, it's actually Saturday over here. Um Saturday evening. But uh, it's going Oh yeah, well. you're, ahead, you're oh yeah, you're ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. Man, what why are you guys working on Saturday? You know, us defenders never take a day off. But, uh, that's a that's a really cop thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Carissa, give yourself a little intro for the peeps. Uh, all right, uh, I'm Carissa. I'm from uh, Texas originally. I'm currently in the Air Force over at uh, Okinawa, um, Japan, on Kadena Air Base. Uh, is uh, been over here since October. Came from. Korea, where I met you, and uh, yeah, just just living life right now. Ayo, where where you're from the Dallas area, right? Yeah, um, I'm from basically right outside of uh, the city. Oh, which which uh, suburb? Um, so it's a it's like Grand Prairie Arlington area. Where I lived is kind of like across in all of those big cities. Okay, okay. Kind of a weird way to explain it, but kind of all of that. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we met each other at Osan. We did. And we were, we were just a couple, couple hood rats in our natural habitat there. <laughs> we were, yes. Good times. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were running the training there, and uh, I would come and bug you about maps and using your ranges and all that, all that good stuff, and you were just super helpful benefits that I had working over there is getting you know talk to you guys and other units just do a lot of integrated training and um, being able to uh, network you know meet other people outside of just security forces pretty neat yeah yeah uh, so so what kind of stuff did you do growing up um, so growing up um, I was, well, still am, but just a very competitive person by nature, so I was Oh, in, yeah. Yeah, I was in um, pretty much every single thing that, extracurricular that I could that involved a competition. Yeah, I was in uh, dance and all different types of sports, um, and that's pretty much what I did growing up. What was, was your, what was your, what was the sport you were best at? Uh, the sport I was best at... That's all a hard them? question. <laughs> all, all <of> them. <laughs> Is that a trick question? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say probably taekwondo and dance were my strong. Points. Oh dang! Yeah. Oh dang! You're a taekwondoer. I am. I uh, got my black belt when I was seventeen, and um, yeah, so it was pretty fun. And nowhere near your status, you know, on um, on the fighting aspect, but. That is something. Oh I no, you you up there, you up there, you got those crazy kicks. <laughs> I try. Did you compete in taekwondo? Um, no, I did not. Um, I mean, we had like matches and different things, like within just our. It wasn't really a dojo, but like our taekwondo studio. But I didn't, I didn't make it to that level. Oh. Yeah. Dang, you would have killed it. You're a you're a beast athletically. Thank you. Um, you know, we can always get better. You know, I always see areas of improvement for myself, but um, I just try to set goals and 
reach them and then set more goals and try to reach those. So just constantly working on myself. Have you seen the new show on Netflix called Cobra Kai? I have not, but I uh, a bunch of people have been telling me to watch that, so I think I'm gonna have to give it a shot in a little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's you. That's you back in high school. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Why? Why were you so competitive growing up? Did you have siblings and whatnot? Yeah, so uh, I'm the oldest, and I have a younger brother and sister. And um, as to why I'm so competitive, I really don't know. I think my whole family's just that way. We're we're a pretty active family, so. Um, it's not that we were trying to be better than one another, but I think we just enjoyed pushing each other to, um, to our limits and beyond. Were you, were you good to your brothers? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I have a little brother too, and I bullied the crap out of him. Oh yeah. All the time, uh, girl, it ended up working out. Um, when I joined the military is whenever it's kind of weird how it happened, but it, we ended up getting really close, so yeah, we're very close. Did you guys ever get into any fights? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> all the time. Like, who who won? Um, man. Well, I think I have to say me. You know. Well, I think I have to say just to <laughs> defend your just to defend your pride and your ego. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. So yeah, that. Do you think that's what kind of like you being super competitive when you were little made you want to join the military? You know, I've always enjoyed doing the hard things in life and I feed off of other people's negativity to me. So if someone tells me I can't do something or, you know, that's not what girls do, which is something that I heard growing up a lot, then um, I was like, okay, well, you can have that opinion, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it better than you ever thought I could. So, um, you know, when I joined the military, uh, so I'm security forces. I don't know if I said that earlier, but, uh, I walked into my recruiter's office and I was like, you know, I'm very passionate about joining the military. I want to do this. I want to be in the air force. What jobs do you have? That's not going to require me to sit behind a desk basically. And they're like, here are your options. And I said, all right, cool. Security forces sign me up. So I did that. And, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. I've been in. Uh, six years now and um, there's not a day that's gone by that I haven't enjoyed my job which sounds you know maybe a little skeptical there's obviously those hard days but um, who doesn't love a good challenge right so definitely gonna yeah. need to do that that that's cool and that's cool that you're actually loving it because some not a lot not everyone in the military enjoys going into work and and being there but yeah, just working with you at Osan, you were always super motivated and super helpful. And I could see how um I could see how you were at work and the way that you acted and you um seemed to really like it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um I think that life is too short to not do what you're passionate about. So uh I'm blessed to uh in fact that the job that I got in the military you know, is something that I do enjoy and something I am passionate about. And that is something that I hope to, you know, project onto other people and hopefully spread the positivity about, you know, this, not even just this job, but just bring a little bit of pride back into what we do. Yeah. 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 Because it was, it was a mix when we were in Korea together, it was a mix. You'd have some of the cops that 
did not want to be there. Like every time I talked to them about their job, they're like, man, I hate this. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just hated their job and they just hated their situation at work so bad. Yeah. But, but you put yourself in a good spot because um, you were in the training section and being there has probably got to feel really meaningful and like you know that you have a huge impact and you know your influence on everyone who's coming in and PCSing into Korea. Yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely, you know, the term like reblued <laughs> you, you or yourself. So definitely kind of reblued me a little bit, not being able to have that influence. It, it helped me um, and it kept, kept me accountable on, um, you know, my attitude and my mindset kept me in check on, on the job and stuff. So I think, I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed it being able to have that type of just, um, I guess, impact on people really made a difference for me. Yeah, that was cool to see. And so when did you join? Did you join when you were 18? No. So um, I was, I turned 20 two days into basic training. Um, I didn't join right away. I did want to, but um, my mom didn't really want me to join right away. So she was like, well, how about you try school first? And I was like, I'm not going to like it. And the thing about me too, <laughs> and with the, my competitive nature and just me being a very strong-willed type of person and hard-headed person, I had already made up my mind. I was like, fine, I'll do college, but I'm not staying in. You know, I want to be in the military. I already made up my mind about it. So um, I took a year off and then I went to school for a little bit. And I did try, but I didn't like it. And obviously that didn't work out because I'm here now. So I joined the military when I was 19, turned uh, 22 days in basic training and no regrets. I've loved it ever since. And I'm going to continue to do it until I can't anymore. What were you doing before the military? Were you doing hood rat stuff? Oh, yeah. Hood rat stuff for sure. Um, <laughs> things will not be named, but... <laughs> things, things, names will not be named. Events will not go down as occurred. Uh, pineapple. Pineapple. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but So when you went through, when you went through uh, tech school, how was that? So um, that's the thing with training in the military. You know, it, it's always constantly changing. So my experiences back then are different than people's experience now. Going through security forces, tech school was um, not comparable to your experience at all, but it was a challenge for me, but I liked it. Basic training I thought was a challenge, and then I went to tech school, and it's like they're yelling at you all over again, and they're like, this is not like the rest of the Air Force, and they you know, they really challenged me a lot. It was the, up to that point in my life, that was the hardest thing I'd gone through. So the fact that I woke up every day and I knew it was going to be a challenge up to that point, it was the hardest thing that I'd gone through, you know, in my life. It was a new experience, but I really enjoyed it. Training mostly consisted of operations, um, different asset security, law enforcement, um, convoys, pretty much everything security that you could think of. So I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. And you kind of downplayed yourself and... Going through the military and then going through something like that is extremely difficult, and not a lot of people do it. Um, yeah, I I admire all the people who do security forces. 
it's it's awesome that people are actually getting out and doing something meaningful with their lives. I yeah, I do think it is an underrated career field, and um, it's a very it's one of the largest career. Yeah, in the Air Force, and it's um, you kind of it. it is it's or hate it or you love it. So I'm just glad that I'm on the positive end of that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that everywhere you go. There's tactics that don't like doing their job and just make things kind of miserable for everyone. And then there's people who are actually um, enthusiastic and motivated and happy in life that are really easy to work with. Um, there's there's a lot of people in security forces that don't really have ambition to progress. Um, they're just there. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother's a cop and he experiences the same thing because my brother's always trying to be the best in shape. He's always trying to um, make things better. And, and my brother is a very positive guy, uh, but there's a lot of people that you're surrounded with on a day to day that don't really have any drive. They don't, they aren't really motivated. And then uh, sometimes it can get monotonous just doing the same thing over and over at work. Um, and that also causes people to start to get bitter and, um, and whatnot. But um, I think the biggest thing is people need to channel their injury energy outside of work and have something to go home and look, be excited about and uh, finding hobbies and working out, staying in shape, staying sharp, like reading um, and not just going home and playing video games and corruption monsters. Um, there's a lot of people in the military who are just depressed and they don't have anyone. They're away from home, but yeah, at the end of the day, the, the people that I see, uh, that are, are motivated, the people that I see that are happy, they have stuff going on on the outside that is making them want to continue to, uh, do good things in their work and throughout, like throughout their whole life. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, um, it's important to find something that drives you, that, um, you know, pushes you to be better, pushes you to find that passion in life. Um, and I think that along with that, we are, you know, we work so much and it's very easy to allow the military to kind of take over and like, that is your life. But it is important to have a release on the outside to have an outlet to decompress, you know, um, through when you're, when you are not at work to kind of relieve some of that stress that, that you may go through. Yeah. Some people just need to take a step back from time to time and realize the military is not their lives. You know, working all the time is not your life, but it also is really cool to see uh, when people are very motivated about their job and that's all they do. And they're, great individuals great to work with but that's all they do they're solely focused in on being attack p or or being uh security forces um because there, there's a lot of people in attack p career field that i work with that are like that mm-hmm. um, they are they're just super motivated and they love being attack p's and they're great guys to work with and uh, they don't they're not doing extracurriculars on the outside or uh, doing much but they're completely happy and content with uh, going in and jobbing it every day. So it is, it is what it be. If whatever, whatever drives you, whatever makes you happy, people's got to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I bring up, I bring up all the people who, uh, in security forces who go home and kind of just don't do much and are just negative and poopy because 
you you see it a lot, and you don't like to see it, but you see it a lot. Yeah, you do, and um, we've had I feel like several conversations um, about you know mindset and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think that is what it comes down to. It's just you know you might not be able to control the situation you're in, but you can always control how you react. You know how they always say that, and I think that that's very true. Um, you know, do you want to be the type of person to allow yourself to be complacent and, you know, settle in and get comfortable within the monotony of it all? Or are you going to try to set yourself apart and have the discipline within yourself to make to try to make yourself better every day and challenge your own um, mind to alter maybe a negative mindset into something more? And I think that whenever we start to do that, we start to alter our mind and uh, our mindset into a more positive way of thinking with a more optimistic outlook, realistic, you know, outlook on life or, um, with your goals and stuff like that. And that's whenever we are able to be successful, you know, that's whenever we start growth or growing. Yeah. Throughout your career so far, you seem like you've just been on the grind and you've loved it so far and you've been doing, uh, good things. So, and your first duty station was Whiteman in Missouri. Yes, it was. And it's funny that you say that about me um, <laughs> seeming positive all the time because it, my first year at Whiteman was very challenging for me. Um, I definitely battled with my mind a lot there. Um, Why so? Because it, um, so it was a mission that I just did not expect to get thrown into um, right away. It was not necessarily the quote unquote job that I signed up for. And so it was just unexpected and I definitely had to um, battle some inner demons while I was there to remind myself every day why I joined and why you know the purpose behind what I was doing Um, the job was just it was very challenging and you know it it really wasn't that fun right away but um, when I was about two years in I kind of decided like you know what I chose this and there's a reason for this I'm you know, I might not like it right now, and but neither does really anyone else here. So I'm going to challenge myself to be the best that I can be here and see, you know, how I can push myself to be better. So when I started doing that and I started changing my mindset, then I really did start to progress. And then leadership saw that and they saw how my work reflected um, the effort that I was putting in. So they um, opened me up for some other jobs and allowed me to kind of move into different um, duty positions. Um, and then that's when I moved over more onto the law enforcement side. And then that's when my, um, that's when I really started just to absolutely fall in love with the job there. So, but aside when from, you first, I'm aside sorry. from what, aside from that, I, I had, I met the most amazing people there and, you know, I really established a whole military family there. So, yeah, you met, you met old girl, Caitlin Porter. Yes, I did. And you should have her on your podcast because I <laughs> it would be fantastic to hear. Shout out to Caitlin. Oh, you can hear you can hear me and Caitlin's uh, stories of before she joined the military. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Caitlin. <laughs> um, she is. Um... We had. Yeah, me and Caitlin, uh, before she joined the military, I had just come back from Afghanistan and she was uh, uh, she was a friend from like I've I've known I've known Caitlin for for a hot minute. Yeah. Like we we literally grew up together. And yeah, the summer I came back from Afghanistan, we were just raging. 
<laughs> not just me and Caitlin, but our entire friend group back in Vegas. Uh, man, it was good times. Good times, good vibes, good peeps. Yeah, but yeah she's, then she joined, she joined the Air Force. I think she joined the Air Force years after I did, and she outranks me right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's an amazing person, and she works very hard, and she's definitely one of my very good friends. I'm, I'm blessed that she's in my life, and so that was a very good thing to come out of Whiteman, one of what was the most hood rat thing that you did with Caitlin? Oh yeah, we can't talk about that. <laughs> we can't talk about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, next. Why question. not? <laughs> next question. Next question. Uh, okay, we'll we'll sort we'll circle around back to it later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um. Yeah, but how was Missouri? How did you like Missouri? Um, Missouri itself, um, it w- it was pretty. The area that we were in was really nice. So, um, out in the Midwest, there, it was a very small town, the town of Knob Noster, where Whiteman is. Knob Noster. Knob Noster, Missouri. Yeah. So, um, the base was right across the street from um, the state park or one of the state parks. So, it was really great if you like being outdoors, fishing, hunting, hiking, camping, all that. So, we took advantage of it and camped and. You know, spend a lot of time outdoors, so that was really fun. It was nice. Very nice. And what was the uh, what was the best place to party in Missouri? Oh my gosh. Okay, so well, there was really only one place that we we went to. There's <laughs> there's a um, street, and so there was a there was a college, and and then there was our base, and that was pretty much all that was surrounding us within like an hour. Um, so Damn. yeah, it was, it was rough for a while, but there was a street called Pine Street and I had like all the bars and like, I say all of them, there's like two bars and a restaurant and that's oh where, my God. <laughs> yeah, so that's where, a little bit different than Vegas, but, um, so that's where we all kind of hung out and, um, did you guys ever do road trips and go to other places? So we, there wasn't really much to travel, um, around there. But um, a couple times, I only lived about eight hours away, so um, I drove down to, uh, back to Dallas for um, quite a few times, and um, one time I was actually able to go home um, and see my family with my best friend for Thanksgiving. I went home for, like, one day, literally, and had drove back, so that was fun. Other than that, there was a Kansas City that was, like, an hour away, and Branson, which is a pretty um it's like a an amusement park there's like a lot of it's like a touristy area with a bunch of stuff went there a couple times but outside of that not too too much over there there's not a lot in Missouri so it was a huh. short, short little you don't, you don't have any you don't have any fun nights of shenanigans you want to share with us about those about those times uh <laughs> well one time um this was yes a... <laughs> One time um, during the summer, this one involves Caitlin, so um, you'll appreciate this. Uh, this is how we. This is a good testament of her uh, her friendship to me. We uh, went out for Fourth of July. Um, there's uh, to this lake. It's called Lake of the Ozarks, and um, that's where like a bunch of the college kids and the military people would go um, just to hang out and stuff during the summer. And we went there. 
And we spent the night there with, like, a bunch of our friends. Um, and we all got, you know, pretty uh, toasty. And <laughs> it, it got pretty bad, but it was a good time. But then um, we were about, that was, let's see, like an hour away from our base. And me and Caitlin were talking. We were like, oh, man, let's go to Warp Tour tomorrow. This was before certain festivities happened, right? And we're like, okay. And, like, it was a really last-minute thing. We weren't going to go, and we were. And then we weren't. But we decided that we were going to go because it's, like, the last one. Um, if anyone doesn't know, Warp Tour is a it's a big, like, festival for, like, pop-punk bands and metal bands. That was about two hours, two or three hours um, away from where we were. So we ended up getting, everyone gotten really, really drunk and stuff and had a good time. And then the next morning we woke up and we're like, everyone was, everyone was feeling like death. And I look at her and I was like, you still want to go to this? And she was like, yeah. So I was like, (laughs) I was like dead. Caitlin was dead, but she, uh, (laughs) she nursed me back to health and we drove all the way to Warped Tour and we're morbidly hungover. And it was like a hundred plus degrees in heat and we were dying. And there's just like people like screamo and everything going on around us, but it was so awesome. But she literally had to nurse me back to health the whole way. And uh, yeah, did not drink again for a long time after that, but. Did not drink a long time. <laughs> yeah, insane. she's, she can rally. Yeah. She, Old Porter, she can, she can rally. She can, yeah. Bless her heart. But. Uh, Bless her heart. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time though, so. Yeah, not, nothing too crazy that I'm gonna share publicly, but that was um that was <laughs> that was a fun time. I just remember one night with Caitlin, we threw a massive house party on the lake in Lake Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and oh man, we just we got so much alcohol. We rented this house; like, it was just a bunch of our friends. And uh, at one point in the night, we were on top of the roof. Like we had got on the roof and yelling and there's in Lake Las Vegas, it's kind of, uh, empty. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not like, it's not like Vegas, Vegas. Like if you, if you get a house on the lake out there, you're pretty secluded. So we were like yelling and hollering. People are on the roof. Uh, everyone is just getting completely hammered. It was like a college frat. Uh, man, it's such, such good times. And we did that a few times and not just, I didn't, it wasn't just me throwing them but then we'd have another buddy throw them a couple weeks later and then we have another buddy and then eventually uh one of my friends threw one and then the cops got called and uh, the police the police kind of figured out what was going on because all of us were like you know 21 years old yeah and and then they're we'd like destroy these houses every couple weekends the police and they started to get noise complaints for the people that actually were around there. And then it eventually came to the point where the police showed up at one of them and were like, okay, you guys need to stop this. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it was $250 for a night. And all of us, you'd get like, you'd get a bunch of people just to chip in and a bunch of people throw, uh, buy alcohol. And those parties, like we were like coming to think of the full cost of it. Now it's kind of ridiculous that we were spending so much money on partying. Yeah, but those are, like, the best memories, though, you know? Oh, yeah. I have absolutely zero regrets. Zero regrets. Zero regrets. Because <laughs> when I got back from Afghanistan, I had saved a ton of money. Yeah. I was 21 years old. Oh, God. Um, so I, I came back from Afghanistan. I had $21,000 in my bank account. 
And while I was home, I still was getting paid because I was on leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beca- because you get like two weeks of R&R and then I took three weeks of leave on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I was home for five weeks. And so that's two paychecks that I that I got. And so I went from $21,000 and granted I was living with or I was staying with my parents in Las Vegas, not paying any rent or anything. So dangerous. <laughs> uh, and I went from $21,000 that summer to like uh, $15,000 and I was, and I was getting paid. Oh my like, God. And I was still getting paid like my regular paycheck. So yeah, I, I, I spent about uh, 10 grand just just in those five weeks alone, just balling out like we were going to clubs. Uh, and yeah, Caitlin was a part of that summer. She was there for all the parties and uh, it was it was awesome having her. I, I At the time, I don't even remember her saying she was joining the military. But yeah, the next thing you knew, she was in the Air Force, too. Yeah, that's funny. It's such a small world that um, I was with her as my very first base or at my first base and then I go all the way to Korea and meet you and then, you know, come to find out you guys grew up together. Yeah, it is a small world and it's a small military. That is so true. It is, it is crazy. Um, I was, I was always cool with Caitlin. I love her. Uh, but she was really close with my brother. Yeah. She was, uh, yeah, her and my brother worked together as lifeguards. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, she, and my brother's also security forces now. Yeah. Um, like we've all went, we've all went our separate ways. I, I don't think uh me or my brother have talked to Caitlin in, in a while but if she does listen to this Caitlin I miss you and I hope all is well old text aren't <laughs> text aren't I'll I'll make sure to stand at parade rest and maybe even throw a throw a left handed salute at you next time I see you <laughs> <laughs> and I might say something like sky soldiers or hello hello my fellow sky warrior aim high Aim high. <laughs> I love I love trolling like that. I think my favorite's like whenever I'd send you a work email or something and then you'd say like, you know, Sky Warrior and then I would say something back to you. <laughs> the little things. Oh yeah. I I did that a lot. You know Nate Green, yeah. right? The Cadam guy on Osan. So he was stationed with my brother. And every time I cause I was our Cadam scheduler at my mm-hmm. unit. And I would always email Nate and I would always talk to him. And we just had a massive email chain of <laughs> us just saying the most ridiculous things to each other. I love it. Because uh, my brother, when he was, or still to this day, he calls people pizza dudes. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, he'll be like, hey, what up, pizza dude? Or, uh, hey, dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, pizza man. Like, he just, my brother's super goofy. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a long story short, but he got, um, I can't actually I can't tell that story. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, long story short, he might have taken some uh psychedelics mm-hmm. and just or not him, as one of his buddies. Yeah, yeah. And his buddy just kept saying, Dude, we should get some pizza, dude. We should get some pizza. <laughs> and then being young and dumb as my brother was, he literally just put that to use and just kept calling people pizza dudes. <laughs> and you talk to anyone that was with him in Minot. And I'm like, hey, you know my brother? And they're like, oh, the pizza dude. The pizza dude. <laughs> like, he still calls people pizza That's dude. Awesome. He's <laughs> my brother's 27 years old. It's great. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, where was I going with that? Something about my brother, and yeah, I forgot. Oh, oh, the trolling. 
yeah so my brother's also a huge troll and i am i am as well yeah but i don't do it to the extent of my brother and we're also getting a little older right, now right. but my my brother at minot would walk into work and it's like hoo defenders let's arm the country or we're defending the country and just like says stuff like that <laughs> oh gosh uh people legit get mad like people people were like think my brother's a sarcastic asshole mm-hmm. and really my brother's just being a goof yeah. <laughs> and but i've experienced that in my career as well mm-hmm. um i've actually i actually got counseled for unprofessional emails because i called someone a sky warrior once. no way not even kidding <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing you should frame that piece of paper uh, no, I didn't get paperwork from it. I got a verbal counseling. Oh my gosh. So, so uh, I just showed up to Osan. <laughs> not just showed up. I was there for a couple. <laughs> yeah, this was at Osan. So when I first got to Osan, the group that I had, I just didn't really jive with or mesh with well at all. Um, but you know how Osan is such a fast rotation, right? Of people because people are only there for a year. So the first group that I had, people were only there for like three months, four months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, my time there was completely miserable, but as soon as we got the new wave of guys in, uh, it was great. But anyway, so this first group that I had, um, one particular, or I, every morning I'd walk in, I'd be like airborne or just something ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, people were just like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. And, uh, yeah. So one day I wrote an email to my fine, to the, the, my friend who was financed with us, um, uh, and I wrote to her and said, it was just, it was a professional email about my pay and just some documents I was sending up or whatever. I don't ex- know exactly the extent of it, but at the very end of the email, I said, uh, thank you for all you do. Uh, I-, I said, thank you. Thank you for your dedicated service to this cause in this nation, Sky Warriors or uh, Sky Power or something like uh, something like that. Something along the lines oh. of that. That is literally all I put in the email. Um, and then, uh, the next, the next day, like I get sat down and I counseled, uh, the person said, you know, you know what people could misconstrue your actions as being unprofessional, oh uh, or, 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 and, and sarcastic. He said, from now on, I don't want you sending anything but professional emails and nothing but that, which I get, I get what he's saying, but at the same time. It's like, dude, no, don't be a robot. Come on, we gotta yeah, live a little. No. And and the fi- and the finance and he's like, yeah, uh, the finance, uh, the finance girl that we work with, she could have got offended for you, uh, thinking it was sarcastic. And I was super cool with that mm-hmm. girl, and we'd go, hu- we'd go hang out in the shed, and uh, we were really good mm-hmm. friends. So it was just, it was just funny that I got counseled. Yeah, for that's that. ridiculous. And I have no, reg- I have absolutely no regrets, and I still yeah, do. Yeah, as you should. Uh, but osan was awesome osan was awesome um it went by so fast i wasn't that's you know my second base i was at whiteman for for four years so getting to osan i really just i didn't even know what to expect at all and um it it definitely came with some challenges but overall it was a, a great experience professionally and and personally yeah, you were you were running the training at Osan. Yeah. It was cool to see. It was cool to see because all the new people, or from what you were explaining to me, all the new people from uh, all the secu- new security forces people would show up and go train 
with you within like the first couple weeks of them getting to Osan, right? Yeah. So um, every new cop come in um, to Osan, whether it be from tech school or another base, they would come to me first, um, kind of do their in-processing training. Um, and then along with the RC course, which is like a, a combat readiness course. So just some extra base defense training. It was a, a 10 day course and we taught that and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, some, some field training. So it was great. Cause it was a, you know, a back office job, but um, aside from admin stuff, I was barely at my desk. We were always training and that's my favorite part about the job is just security forces in general is just being able to train um, and then apply that training. And then it's cool to see hard work reflect in the in the people that you're training and then have them actually enjoy it it's a it's a good feeling yeah you guys were doing a lot (laughs) and you you had you had a back office job as you could say like i went to your office a few times you guys had a pretty gucci setup (laughs) but at the same time it's one of those jobs where if you want to if you want to work and you want to get out and do stuff you still were able to do that basically whenever you wanted so that's awesome. You were able to kind of decompress, do your admin, and uh, kind of take a breath when you wanted or needed to. And then, yeah, start just keep pumping out those courses. And you guys were doing work. You did a lot of good at Osan Airbase. Yeah, it definitely was a lot of work. That's the hardest I think I've worked um, <laughs> ever. And it was good, though, because it, it made what made it, you know, good is the um, the crew that I had working with me um we just everyone I had we all ha- uh, working with me we all had like the same uh work ethic and, and drive and stuff to do well at our job it wasn't just like show up do your job go home it was like show up how are we going to make things better today you know uh apply that we work until you know the job is done not until the time so I think that's that's why we worked so much just because we wanted to make sure that every day we were applying ourselves and and you know, doing the best that we could, but it was, it was fantastic. When you work with people who want to work and, um, you know, not be lazy or complacent, it makes you want to work hard as well. So it definitely helped. Hey, yo. Yo, what up? So another thing that I think helped you out to succeed while you're at Osan is it seemed like you had a lot of freedom and your supervision just kind of allowed you to take the reins trust you and just do what you had to do yeah it was a it was a great dynamic that I had over there it was a really small office that we had you know there was like just four or five or six of us that worked back there and like I said everyone pretty much had a really good work ethic we all tried to and I think my boss he saw that and was like okay you know I can trust you guys to do this and um you know Chris or Ely you know you're gonna run this program this is your program do it how you want and he gave me a lot of freedom with that um and I think that's why I had a lot of fun with it as well I was able to pretty much yeah do what I wanted as long as you know it was in accordance with what training needed to be done but um yeah it was great just being able to form it how I wanted to and you know make it mine yeah and the the high leadership of the security forces squadron in Osan at the time was awesome. You guys had chief gears, chief Canberra. Um, it was awesome. Like the, you guys had a lot of great people to be around. 
it was definitely the one of the most motivating group of leaders that I have ever experienced with um, in the military. And that's, um, you don't always get that, you know, especially in the military, you, you never, you never know. So the fact that I had such a, a great set of leaders there, it was fantastic. So yeah, they're, they're fantastic people. Yeah. And, uh, and you also, you also got to party with the tech keys while you're at Osan. I did. Somehow I got wrapped up with you bunch and, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they'll get you hang out with the tech key bad boys, the tech key bad boys. Yeah, we had we had a good crew. It, yeah, yeah. I, everyone, everyone at Osan got so close in such a short amount of time. Like we, we all knew each other for like less than a year. And then the bad thing was, like, just as you're starting to get to know someone really well, everyone just left. Everyone PCS'd out. Yeah, that that is the thing that sucks about short tours. Um, I mean, I feel like that's the military in general. You know, they always that say, is like, the military be the best friends of your life, and then take them away, but. Yep. I think we made the most of the time that we had there. And um, I mean, we're talking now, so it's not like the friendship ended there, you know? <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> huh? I'm never going to see you again. I'm not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. Bye. <laughs> oh, bye. But it, yeah, it's the military is weird because you meet so many awesome people uh, in the military as civilians. And then next thing you know, you're just stripped. So it's been great. I know people around the world. I'm just, I'm doing this podcast. I'm able to talk to all my friends who I've met over the years who are awesome people. But at the same time, it's like, damn, man, I wish I could just rally up everyone and just live, uh, live somewhere permanently and just have, you know, stability in life for once. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. Um, I I go back and forth, you know, I, I absolutely love my job and I love traveling. I think it's like the best, one of the best parts about the military, especially now that I'm overseas. But yeah, I think every now and then, sometimes I get those same thoughts. I'm like, oh man, I wish I could just, you know, be somewhere permanently and be able to build on those friendships. And, and to me, at the end yeah. of the day, like this is I mean, this is what I want to do. So it makes it worth it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're still you're still relatively new in the career too, so mm-hmm. you have so much more time and. We're still both so young. The opportunities are endless, and yeah, don't want to settle right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but there have been times when I'm just like high on life. I am loving being at work. I'm established, and in the tacky world, uh, every time I go to a different base, I'm sure it's uh, similar in security forces. But every time I go somewhere new, there's new ranges I gotta know. There's new processes for everything, and I basically have to relearn my job all over again. Uh, just because I'm unfamiliar with how things are ran at the new unit, uh, so that's that's something I miss. I like when I was in my first duty station in El Paso, I was the go-to guy for everything. I literally knew how to work everything. I I was an armorer. I was our ammo guy. I scheduled the ranges. I did the flight training. Uh, everything. I knew where all the equipment was and the roll-ups. And and I just had an understanding for everything. And it felt really good to actually be a functioning member of the unit. Whereas, and it was the same deal in San Antonio, got there, didn't know what I was doing, became an instructor. And then next thing you know, over the next three and a half years, I was one of the best instructors. And then I get to Korea, I'm only there for a year. And it's just really frustrating to not know exactly what I'm doing. Um, I hate being in that position. uh, But I also know that things just come with time. And um, 
and and it it's been a struggle ever since I've I've left the U.S. because I've been overseas and I'm getting to new places and I'm having to relearn how to do everything and the processes and uh, establish myself as the top dog again. So it's been it's been a challenge. Um, it's been a challenge. I'm I've succeeded. Like I'm I'm constantly getting better. I'm constantly learning new things. I've learned a lot. And that's why the military makes people PCS all the time is to get different aspects of their job and progress and grow. Uh, Because if you do stay in one place, you're going to get stagnant. You're not going to grow and you're not going to succeed like you would as if you are moving all the time. Uh, However, uh, like there's like I look back and I've been talking to a lot of guys from San Antonio when I was stationed there when I was training MMA um, all the time. And uh, I lived a very comfortable life there. And that was like looking back on it, I was extremely happy because I had a stable job. I wasn't going TDY and I can look back and say like, dang, like those, those were my happy days because I was, I was able to train and get in the gym and grind in, in the MMA every single day. And I also had stability at work. I was still getting paid. Uh, so I just really loved my life in San Antonio and, uh, everything I'm doing right now is trying to establish myself to get back there. Um, and I also have a house there, tons of friends. So that, that I think is going to be my permanent establishment. Um, that's where I'm leaning. Obviously I still have a lot more time in the military. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but I'm on my fourth duty station now and I've been in for 10 and a half years and it's at the point now where I'm just like, man, I kind of want to, I kind of want to live, live a life that I love to do again, you know? Yeah, I, I totally can relate to that. Um, it's it's definitely hard um, once you get into that comfortable like groove and that routine of things, and then you are that person that you know you have built that rapport with like your unit, your leadership, and they're like, all right, yeah, Bunkley knows what to do. You know, go to Mark for everything, whatever. And then yeah, you go to a new place and it's like the same job, but it's not like you you like you said you have to relearn everything. That's something that I'm kind of struggling with right now, too, because I felt like I was, you know, I was at a really good place at Whiteman when I left. It was great. You know, went to Osan, had a really great um, experience there, built up that rapport. And then I left and now I'm here and it's like, what can I do to separate myself here? You know, and um, how can I get that back and how can I, you know, learn this as quickly as I can so I can get comfortable here? Um, and it's definitely not, not a great place to be in, but I think that there's growth in that as well. And, um, you know, there's, you never stop learning, so maybe it's good, (laughs) but I can, I can understand wanting to be back into, in, um, back home. And like you said, that's where you are the happiest. So definitely, I think that's a good goal for you to want to get back there. Yeah. But, but also, uh, like you said, when you were at Whiteman in the first year that you got there, you weren't doing so hot. You were uh, not the best airman. And then you left Whiteman and you're the rock star. And then you get to Osan, you don't know what you're doing. You're probably not pushing and training people right away. You're learning kind of the ins and outs. Um, and it's it's always a little uncomfortable getting to a new duty location just because you don't know what's going on and Mm -hmm, you're trying to just uh you're trying to just focus on the new task at hand and just learn everything as quickly you can't really 
you can't you can't live your life you can't you can't live your best life when you're grinding to just understand the basics of your new job yeah but but getting there like looking back to your to your duty stations and getting there being unfamiliar being uncomfortable and then leaving like knowing everyone you are the rock star you're the go-to person everyone respects you uh is it that's extremely rewarding uh that's got to be extremely rewarding because i feel the exact same it it has been awesome to show up at my duty stations and be the guy that everyone looks down on the guy that doesn't know anything. And then by the end, proving yourself to be established and proving yourself to be one of the top dogs. It's a very gratifying. Um, and then it, it makes you not want to leave you every time I've left a duty station, I'm just like, dang, I really don't want to go. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that a lot. You know, I'm not saying I, you know, I left <laughs> either of my duty stations, a complete rock star or anything, but I definitely left, um, you know, those bases knowing that I gave a hundred percent of myself there and knowing that, you know, I left that place um, with them knowing that it was the best version of me that they got. And, um, you know, setting yourself apart, being the top dog and all that, like you said, um, remember when we were driving back from, uh, Humphreys and we had that talk about, you know, not, settling to be mediocre and not letting yourself be complacent or do those things and being able to set yourself apart. Um, you know, no matter how long or short that you are at, you know, a duty station or whatever it is, you always have an opportunity to set yourself apart and to challenge yourself to be better and to rise above, um, you know, normalcy. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's going to be the same at our new duty station. I'm, I'm already getting comfortable here in my unit in Germany. Yeah. Um, you're, you're going to get, how long have you been in Japan for now? Um, so I got here at the end of October. So not too long. Okay. Oh, dang. Yeah. So you're really just getting in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the exact same. You're going to maybe struggle a little bit at first. Um, but you'll, by the end of your time in Japan, you're going to be succeeding and, you're going to be that go-to person. Um, That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but we had an awesome time at Osan. We, uh, like, right before we I left Korea, we went and did one of the hikes, the Daeogyusan. Yes, we did. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, you, uh, I, <laughs> my legs were burning going straight up those stairs. <laughs> yeah, Korea. Uh, so I was doing a lot of hiking in Korea. And their their hikes are steep. Yes, but they're not they're not the highest of elevation because uh, I think their highest peak is only like six thousand feet or something like that. Yeah. It's not like Mount Everest, but you're also starting at basically sea level on all of them. That whole the whole countryside is mountains. Yes. Um, but yeah, and Korea does have some some awesome hiking. Um, I, and it was really cool to do that hike with you because I was shooting to do the five ha- the five tallest peaks in South Korea while I was there. Um, I don't know why I set a goal like that, but it just sounded cool. And <laughs> I had two weekends left. Or I'm sorry, I had one last weekend in South Korea. I was literally leaving the next weekend. Uh, so the week the weekend before I left South Korea, we I hit number four that day with you and uh, TJ and Hanitslager. 
And, and then the very next day I went and did another hike with another group of people to hit the number five. Uh, so that was a, that was an awesome weekend. Uh, more so, uh, it's just, it's just awesome to get out and hang out, hang out with people and actually socialize. And, uh, you guys are such, it was just such good vibes. Everyone was such good vibes. Yeah. We, we definitely had a good crew, I think, to pick to, to go on that hike. Um, even though I think we were all out of breath at some points during, during the peak or during the hike. But, um, I just remember us all talking about like, man, it's going to be worth it when we get up there. (laughs) Then we get up there and it's like clouds. You can't see anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was like that on the next day too. And, (laughs) but at least it was cool. Like we got to see a little bit of it. Like the the clouds cleared up a little bit. Oh yeah. And we get up there Um, and like all the, there's like a bunch of little kids and old people and like flip flops. We're like, how the heck did people get up here? (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it was always like that in Korea. That was insane to me. Yeah, yeah, because it was, I forgot exactly how long it was, but it was pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember, so so there's a point in the hike, it's it's like, it's pretty flat for the first, uh, probably two miles or so, just a flat walk. And then it just starts going all uphill. So when we got to that all, all uphill, uphill part, yeah. Uh, we go up cause we're like, Oh, what's this way? There's a temple. So we went and checked out the temple, but we didn't think it was the right way. So we walked back down the mountain, <laughs> got to the very bottom again. And then I looked on my map and I'm like, you guys don't hate me. That's actually the direction that we needed to go. So we had to walk back up to that temple. Uh, yeah. So we walked, we walked more than we had to, but it was fun. It's okay. And, got, got and that, a little bit more the night before <laughs> did not. Did oh not yeah. Like oh, <laughs> I needed the gains after the night I had before that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> you made it there, but yeah, you're a, you're. A I don't know how sure. I did either. I could do stuff like that when I was 21. I can't do stuff like that when I'm 28. Yeah, bless uh, your heart. Because <laughs> the the night before, the night before, uh, Jordan and Jacob Lara, they rope doped me into going out with them to, the, and then we ended up going. I ended up being out till probably 3 a.m. And we were supposed to leave really early. Uh, so, yeah, I just remember uh, meeting up with you. And I was like, Krista, I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to drive to Humphreys. <laughs> and uh, and then we got to Humphreys. And I think one of the boys took over and drove. Yeah. But I was so hungover. And I, I was hurting so bad uh, that whole that whole way up there. But it was it was probably like a three-hour drive, two-hour drive. Yeah, you had some recovery hours. time. Yeah, it was Did you rough. Sleep? I don't it even was think really you slept rough that night. I slept, I think, like an hour or two. <laughs> I remember looking at Korea you had some. Like, are you gonna be good, my guy? Like, are we gonna be able to? Go <laughs> <laughs> no, I need an adult. I just remember, I just remember uh, meeting you, and I was like, Chris, uh, I'm not gonna be able to drive. <laughs> and uh, and. I was still a little drunk too, and uh, and I could just I could just you were just laughing. You thought it was oh, funny. it was great. You're like yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, they, yeah, and then we you, you got really close with uh, old Krillin. Ethan, my boy. Yeah, I love that turd. Where'd you Where'd you meet Where'd you meet Krillin? 
He's going to be mad at me because, honestly, I don't remember. Oh, actually, so uh, I met him at the EOD bar. So I have a bunch of friends who are EOD, and I, I would go hang over at their place a lot because it was right across from uh, my dorms. And then he was there one night, and we ended up – we actually met because we were talking about work, uh, talking about, like – because, like, I told you, work is, like, my life, so I'm always talking about work. Um, but we were talking about doing some, like, integrated training, and he was training for the TACPs over at Humphreys, and – then I was training for security forces, so we exchanged information, and we're going to, you know, uh, talk about work and figure all that out, and then we just um, became friends, yeah. Yeah, old Ethan, he's a good dude, um, and the group over at Humphreys, they they were a wild bunch of TACPs, they were so much fun. Yeah, they, they were they were awesome. Yeah, the TACPs that we had in Korea at the time were were awesome to be around. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and you mentioned the EOD bar. So another thing that was really cool about Korea is every unit just had their own bar. So people would just go bar hopping, uh, like the EOD bar, and then there'd be the E Club, and there was the TAC P bar. Security um, forces. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there, the there's best. there's a certain places that I never I I never went to the EOD bar the whole time you never I was there. Uh, no. No, no. Really? I I met a couple of the EOD guys. They were awesome. Uh, they seemed like really cool dudes. A couple of them trained jiu-jitsu. But I just, yeah, I never I never went to the um, EOD bar. I partied at the TACP bar, obviously, a few times. Yeah. But So I kind of met uh, all you guys, like, through that, actually, because uh, one of my friends who's EOD, he and I, I met him through ALS. We went through um, Airman Leadership School together. Um, he was like in my team or whatever. And so during, during class, uh, we all were talking about where we were going next, if we were PCSing and I was like, Oh, I'm going to Okinawa. And he's like, or not Okinawa, sorry. At the time, Osan. And he was like, Oh, I'm going there too. So then, uh, we just kind of met up whenever I got to Osan and he was like, you should come out to our bar. And I was like, I'll have a bar. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And so then I just started hanging out with him cause I didn't, uh, I knew him and I didn't really know too many people yet. And then from there I just met so many other people you guys included so yeah oh yeah networking at night in osan was move. that's how night. i literally knew it. that's a little, how i literally knew the entire yeah. base but i also did jiu-jitsu so the, the bulk of the people that i knew on base was through the mma and jiu-jitsu training mm-hmm. um and then from there i'd meet someone and then i'd meet another person and then it just it kept expanding from there um and then um yeah just there was nothing to do after Corona hit. So everyone was confined to the E-Club, the EOD bar, the taxi so bar. True. And, and if you, if you didn't want to go and sit at your, sit in your dorm room and stare at the wall, like you would be out at night mingling and meandering. Um, and then also the, like the sed would be opened up yeah. a little bit because you can go and uh, you can go and get food and uh, blue opera would be open until like, midnight i think and then from from there everyone would just migrate to the e-club or just go home yeah honestly and, the, and the then, nightlife out there was pretty great even with corona um in a weird way i think yeah there was still so much huh? to do there was still yeah, so much to yeah, do absolutely and even if you didn't drink or anything like it was still fun to just come out and like socialize with everybody and um i think yeah. we got to know like the whole base i felt like <laughs> yeah i i don't think i'll ever have that in my career again is 
being on an air force, being on an air force base and it really did feel like a family cuz you just run into everyone and you'd see everyone around base i could not i could not go from my work to to home without like i'd i'd be driving home and see someone that i knew like it was such a small yeah. base there's there's a pretty good amount of people yeah. on osan and um and yeah everyone just knew everyone but pre-corona days were also super awesome too like going up to seoul seoul's an awesome oh, yeah. city when we when we were allowed to go <laughs> yeah did you you went down to busan I did. right yeah i went there for when did, fourth of fourth july, of july yeah. weekend dang yeah everyone went on fourth of july but i didn't and i forgot why i didn't go <laughs> didn't you go to did you go to jeju I've been to Jeju. I never got to go there. Um, yeah, I went all over Korea. Yeah, I went to Jeju. Uh, I did the hike there. Did saw the waterfalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a little got a little lit in the city. It was a good time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I traveled all. I I literally saw as much of the country as I possibly could. I don't. There was there was a couple small places that I didn't get to go to before the uh the time that I left. But yeah, I really made it a priority to get out and see as much as Korea as I possibly yeah, could. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and that's definitely you're doing Korea right, doing that. Yeah, like there's there's people that do Korea, like there's people at my unit that would get off of work and then they would go drink in the tack tea bar, have a couple beers, and go home, and like yeah. that was it. That was the extent of their um, existence in Korea. Like no one ever no and and. For some of the people that I work with, it, it is understandable because they had families back home. Like they would go and talk to their families, uh, and that is totally. They're older guys. They've seen a lot. Like they're completely cool with just uh, just hanging out at work and then going home and talking with the fam. Like that is totally understandable. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't in that situation. I did not want to be at my work. I did not want to be on base. And any opportunity that I had to be gone, I was going to be gone. Yes, um, for sure. And that's that's definitely, like you said, if you're single and you really have no commitment outside of just work, then, you know, why not go? You're in a country. When else? When are you ever going to be back there if not, you know, back to military? But that's an opportunity that not many people get to have or experience. So, you know, you're definitely right in wanting to take up the opportunities to go and explore. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. And I got a lot of shit from the guys that I work with just because it was an yeah. older crowd and the weekend would hit and they're like, Bunkley, come drink with us. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to Busan. And they're like, oh, you still want to hang out with the guys? Uh, just Bunkley doing his own thing again. And it like it, it kind of hurt because I, re- I respected everyone yeah. that I worked with. They, they, I looked up to them and then to have them say stuff like that, like I wasn't one of the guys. And I know they're, I know they're just like, like, make uh just like joking uh, with you they weren't being yeah they yeah. yeah they were just joking around but i yeah. hated that i hated that i wanted them to support me in my travels and they did not they they were mad that that they that i wasn't drinking with them yeah and that's that's frustrating um but i mean you know you like you said you knew so many people at osan and you had so many other people who did support that and who were willing to go out and travel with you. And so what you, what you may have lacked in, in your workspace with those people, you know, you made up for 
so many other people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely found the crowd. I found the travel crowd. I found the people who wanted to get out and travel yeah. and explore and, and be a bunch of hood rats. Yeah. And we did it. We did it. Uh, so what uh, the weekend before uh, when we went to mm-hmm. Baltulson, um, uh, it was with it was Coolman, Honnet Slogger, and another tech P, Carl Sander. Um, yeah, like I, I'm I'm saying, like every single weekend before I left, I was trying to get out and explore as much as I could before I left the country. And the guys, one of the guys, actually gave me a lot of shit because the weekend that or the day that we went to go hike Dale Gusan was my uh, was the Chiefs going away? It was Chief Beasy's going away oh, at the yeah. tech unit, and I and I didn't go because I, I was like, dang it, I have to meet my goal of hiking the five tallest peaks. And I didn't get back. We didn't get back that night until like ten o'clock at night, and then because I made a I made a wrong turn and uh, it, it took us forever to get back to Camp Humphreys. Uh, but yeah, I got a lot of shit for not going to his going away party. Um, but at the same time. I have no regrets. Yeah, I mean, I think if you left there with no regrets and you did everything right. Yeah, we had we had a, we had a really fun crew. And uh, lastly, lastly about Osan, so let's both try to recall my going away party. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that was by far one of the funnest nights I had in uh, Korea. It was up there. It was it was up there. Oh yeah, it was a great time. Um, do you remember it? <laughs> I remember the start. Do not remember the end of it. It starts to get a little fuzzy after like two p two a.m. As most things do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were at the we were at the the tack P bar. Yeah. Uh, every everyone showed up to that, and then, uh, and then everyone migrated over to our apartment, and me, Kim, and Kenson all lived together in this massive apartment. Kim. And Kinson combined their OHAs, and mm-hmm. we all just lived in this nice, super nice apartment in the said that was secluded from everything. And yeah, there's like, we sh- I showed it to my house, and my friends were nice enough to get there early, and they like made the jungle juice. Everything was set up. Oh, man, it was so much fun. Uh, my, <laughs> I remember my friend. He invited two trannies. Uh, so we had, I had trainees at my going away, which was which was cool. Like if you don't have trainees that you're going away in Korea, you're not doing Korea right. Oh my gosh! Uh, and he he wasn't a TACP, but he brought the trainees just to try to have one of the TACPs hook up with a tranny. <laughs> <laughs> so foul. Yeah, yeah, but they're cool. They're, the yeah. trainees trainees were cool. All the everyone was cool that was there. Uh, and... You know what I thought was actually pretty cool about your going away is that um, when I showed up, there was a decent amount of people, but even more people came and I was just looking around and I was like, dang, there's a lot of people here. Like, that's how many people, you know, that you influenced and that's not even all of them, but that's just so many, you had so many people who cared about you and you showed up that you made that impact on their life for just that short amount of time being in, in Korea. So, I, you know, that says a lot about you and who you are as a person. Well, thank you, Krista. It was You're definitely welcome. really good. It was a really good feeling to have everyone that I knew on Osan meet up for one last time because you saw you saw how it was in Osan. Everyone had everyone had their own cliques. Um, you'd go out one night and you'd go out with one group of people, and there'd be you know uh, three to five of you guys, 
unless you're like the security forces guys, you guys roll deep. You guys have a big crew, and the tactics mm-hmm. have a big crew. There was times I'd go out with the tactics, and there'd be like twenty of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, you'd, you'd have like a different different crews of people. And then, uh, yeah, when I had my going away, it's like every single person that I knew in Osan and in the said, like they were out. And it was just cool to see all the people that I had spent the last year with mingling together and meeting each other because a lot of people stayed. A lot of people had, you know, two year contracts. I had a buddy who's going to be there for three years. Yeah. Um, And it was just cool to see and connect all these people. Uh, And that was also a really good feeling because um, I had one buddy specifically uh, and there's like multiple cases, but I had a guy who's going to be there for three years and. And, I, and then he became friends with a lot of the other people, and that gave him a lot of connections. So that makes me feel really good. Yeah, I was going to compliment you on that and say that uh, that's something I noticed about you right away is uh, you make people feel very welcome. And, you, like, the first time meeting you, it's like you've known them forever. Like, you're just first time you're like, okay, hi, yep, we're friends now. And, uh, <laughs> you're really good about um, kind of taking away all the clicks and just bringing people together and it's like there's no clicks it's just we're one friend group like you know like you said you have the tactics you have security forces finance whatever they were all there you know so it's cool because you don't really see that a lot everyone kind of tends to stick to their own groups of people but yeah that you can you just bring people together so and it was cool. really awesome for my unit in in osan yeah that's the thing i really liked about osan is my unit um, the the tech piece and the support never really get along. Like there's always friction every single unit I yes. go to. But in Osan, it just clicked. Like everyone just got along and everyone worked well together. Everyone liked each other. Um, That's good. And sometimes you have a group of tech piece that just like think they're better than everyone else, and then mm. they just shit on the support people. And I absolutely hate that. And you did not see that in our unit in Korea, or at least, at least I will never treat anyone like that. Um, and the people, those, all the support people that I worked with in Osan really, I could tell they really appreciated how, um, I was to them and they were, they really loved, uh, the tactics because I was able to link everyone together and, and everyone wasn't standoffish. Everyone just accepted everyone. And, and that, that is also really cool because, like I said, when we were at Osan, it was the first time that base-wide, everyone just came together. Yeah, definitely. And it was – I had more security forces friends on Osan than I did TACPs. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you guys are uh, outnumber us big time. Yeah, we, we roll pretty deep. But there was <laughs> there was a lot of cops, and you guys – you guys proved to me that cops are uh, awesome people. Uh, you guys proved to me that you guys are definitely really good at your job. And it was it was just really cool to see. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that, you know, that we had that that um, influence on you in a, in a positive way. Because that's definitely not a um, popular opinion of us. So that's, that's good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so back, so at the going at my going away party, the last thing, the last things that I remember, everyone started leaving around midnight, two a.m., and then I woke up the next morning, 
with Honetslogger, like we were laying, me and Honetslogger were laying in my, uh, I had an air mattress because the last, uh, the last few months before I, or the last two months before I left Korea, I just moved in with Kinson and Kim mm-hmm. and I just, I wasn't going to go out and buy furniture. So I literally just was sleeping on an air mattress and I woke <laughs> up the next morning and, and me and Matt were sleeping on this air mattress together <laughs> and we did not remember how we got there. We're just like, what happened last night? It's fantastic. And then you left that day, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. No. And so Krillin, so Krillin was also, so the only people in my apartment were me, Krillin and Matt. That was it. Everyone was gone. Uh, and I was like, dang it. Where is everyone? I thought we were going to keep partying. Uh, but yeah, everyone was gone. And then me and we didn't wake up. I think, I think we woke up a little bit, but um, I didn't have to, my flight, I didn't have to leave for the airport until like eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that whole day, like we woke up, we kind of like laughed about the night. The, the place was trashed. Like <laughs> there was cups and, and uh, alcohol all over the place. Everything, everything was all over the place. So we woke up, we were like, ah, oh, damn it. What the hell? And then, and then me and Krillin went back to sleep. <laughs> Matt Matt went home and then me and Krillin slept until like two or three or four. Uh went and ate some food and then went back, cleaned up the place and said bye to everyone. But it was definitely an awesome way to go out of South Korea. I packed my bags beforehand because I fully expected to party until I got on a plane. You're an animal, Bunkley. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but it was perfect because I didn't really sleep a lot. And then yeah. when I got on the plane, it was an overnight flight to Germany. So as soon as I got to Germany, I was already acclimated to the time because I hadn't slept in like three days. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that worked out then for you. Yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> that was my plan. And then it was just so much fun. That that going away was so much fun. Yeah, we had to send you out the right way. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So Carissa. You are Marsh. super fit. How are how are you so fit? Uh, you know, I wake up every day and I just dry scoop, three scoops of pre workout mixed with protein, and you know, I just just go. Just take some steroids too. Yeah, all in there. Do, do you take injectables <laughs> or consumables? All of them. All the all the roids. No. Yeah, no. you're um, you're you're a beast, and I I remember what you said at the beginning of this. You want to prove people wrong. Uh, and you don't like getting told no, and it's got to it's got to feel really great being a woman defender and showing up all the dudes that you work with. <laughs> I wouldn't say all of them. Um, I'd say, it, I'd say most of them. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think you know it, it did start out that way with me wanting to prove people wrong, and you know, um, I guess just. When people tell me no, I was like, okay, I'll just show you. And I think as I started to grow more into myself and get more confident within myself, it it turned into, okay, well, how I'm going to prove myself wrong. From, and what I mean is like all the negative thoughts and stuff that I had in, in my own brain telling me that, okay, well, th- I'm never going to do this because I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm not strong enough or whatever it is. Like I'm going to prove to myself that, I can overcome those things and be better. So I think that's kind of helped me evolve a little bit. Um, 
changing that kind of thought process. But yeah, now I just like, I'm, I'm definitely the most confident and feel the best about myself whenever I feel strong and uh, it's working out in, um, and everything that surrounds that is one of my biggest passions. And, uh, I, I don't train to look a certain way or, um, anything like that, but I, I want to train to make sure that my body is taken care of so I can do the things that I want to do in life. And I, I don't ever want to be hindered or put back or limited based off of a physical aspect. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to accomplish things that I want to accomplish in life. And I think that, yeah, I think being physically fit is a, is a big part of that. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I love it. Absolutely. This work, being able to hit the gym, focus on staying and sticking with a program and seeing the progression and then just feeling good every yeah. single day because you're going and crushing workouts. You feel good about yourself. You feel strong. You feel mentally sharp. If I could just get in the gym every day, I'll never be depressed. I'll never, yeah, I'll never feel down. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if that's all I had, I, yeah. I could be, I could be cool with that because I'm, I'm able to test myself every day. I'm able to progress myself every day. I'm not getting stagnant. I will be completely good if I can just get, you know, two hours in the gym every day. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely, like I said, it's, a, it's definitely become a therapy for me. Um, I was having this conversation with the, one of my troops the other day. Um, he was like, how do you stay, you know, motivated all the time? How do you, you know, how are you able to get in the gym every day? And I just told him, you know, um, and you might have seen my post on Facebook about it, but uh, you know, motivation comes and goes, but it's the discipline that you choose to have that's going to help keep you driven and help keep you on that um, path to continue to, to do those things when motivation fails you. But Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm extremely motivated by competition and competing. Yeah. And since Corona hit, I haven't been able to fight. I haven't been able to uh, compete in jiu-jitsu. There's mm-hmm. been like no sort of running races or CrossFit events. And I'm a huge competitor. Like, if there's stuff like that, I want to be ready and I want to be able to show up and compete. Right. But there hasn't been any competition. So, s- since Corona, I'm just I'm just working out just to work out. And I don't – there's no goal for me, mm-hmm. um, which has caused me to become a little bit less motivated yeah. to work out. But at the same time, I still get in the gym any chance that I get. Like, there's a lot of times where I'm just like, oh, man, I'm not really feeling it. But at the same time, I know that if I just get up and go, if I just show up, I'm going to leave in a good spot. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I'm never going to go to the gym and not feel accomplished, especially with a workout program that I'm following right now. Yeah, I just started one as well. I'm on a a 12-week, like, cutting program. And um, it's definitely definitely challenging me. And I definitely wake up some days. I'm like, I don't want to go. But. You know, then I'll go, and even if I don't particularly feel motivated or, you know, whatever, I always leave feeling accomplished. So I totally understand. Yeah. Do you? Do you? What are your goals in the future for fitness? So I mean, kind of like what I was saying is, uh, I just want to be able to get to a point where, um, you know, fitness isn't a limit for the things I want to do. Um, 
I don't have all of that mapped out yet. I do have, you know, some goals in mind. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to be in the best shape that I can be. And I don't think that that's something that I'm ever going to, that's a goal that I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to reach. I think that's something that I'm going to continue to chase um, forever. Cause I don't think that we ever stop. Uh, we don't ever just stop at the best version. I think especially with like fitness, it's, we don't often focus on where we've come. We just tend to think about, okay, well, what's the next objective? What is the next goal? And so you're just constantly going towards that. Um, so <laughs> it's, I know it's kind of a convoluted answer to that question because I don't really have a clear answer, but. Um, you don't, you don't have, there's not like any competitions or anything that you're aiming for right now. So I'm not, I'm not training for a show or anything like that at, at this moment um that's not something I ever really wanted to do but the more that I've been getting into it I've, I've been thinking about it um I just have doing to a fitness show like a, yeah. like a fitness fitness model yeah well, I, not a fitness model but like doing doing some type of like fitness show uh competition that'd be lit that's yeah. all you yeah I think that'd be really cool um and then uh I was talking to you that talking to you about this a little bit earlier but I think it'd be really cool to get back into martial arts um, oh yeah if yeah. Krista, if you fought you would be dangerous <laughs> you I would mean... you would be dangerous in the ring if i was a chick and i and i was uh in your weight class i'd be scared <laughs> yeah i think uh, i think if i applied myself then i i could do really well because you know i i did well in taekwondo and i didn't um i wasn't really able to compete then but i think if i went into a competitive martial art um, style, then I think that I would do really well. But I've been looking at Muay Thai because I know that's what all you guys, you know, do Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. That was like the big thing. So um, I've been looking into that. But also, I mean, COVID has limited, you know, a lot of those opportunities. Um, like you can't really fight right now. We don't really have those classes available, but I'm trying to still look into it. So I think that definitely might be something that I get to my future. I'm sure there's tons of guys on Okinawa that train. Yeah. Uh, there's a Facebook page. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to the Facebook page. It's like a, an all military MMA page. Oh, nice. So whenever you pop into a new base, you're just like, Hey, anyone here? Anyone want to train? If you got on there and said, Hey, does anyone want to train me in Muay Thai or kickboxing? I am sure you're going to have at least one person reach out and you guys could like do pad work or do yeah. something at least. Because uh, it's the same thing. It's the same deal here in Germany and Italy. Um, on, on my base that I'm currently at in mm-hmm. Italy, there is nothing open. Where I, I, I was holding pads for someone in the gym, and the people in the gym told me to stop. So, and, and that's literally the only place to train. Yeah. Uh, and and up in Germany, all the MMA like we have nice MMA facilities on our army base, and we can't use them because they're all closed for COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I did is we have four zebra mats uh-huh. in in my unit so it's not a lot of rolling space but we can we can get two people to do jujitsu at one time uh but you it's such a small pit space that you can't do stand up you mm-hmm. have to start on your knees okay so so i have that um but we've also been doing mma and kickboxing sparring to where we're just standing up and, and striking so we don't have to like get on the ground and uh injure ourselves but we have a lot of space to do stand-up work, so that's what I've been doing a lot of. 
Um, and, and we just train at our unit in the gym. But um, here in Italy, we have absolutely nothing. So, so right now, there's a space that I have in my work, and we're clearing it out, and I'm going to lay some, ty- uh, some uh, soft, you know, like the soft gym flooring down. Yeah. And I'm building a gym currently, and then I'm going to host a secret, a secret fight club here <laughs> on my base in Italy. Hell yeah. I think that's great. Um, way to be innovative during this pandemic. That's really cool. You got to do what you got to do. I got to stay training. Everyone back in the U.S. is still training, and I'm jealous. Like, all my all my buddies are training back in yeah. uh, San Antonio, and all my tech key buddies at all their bases. They're, like, actually going into the cities, and they're actually running classes and bettering themselves every day. I haven't had the chance to train MMA since I left, or I haven't been able to go and attend, like, an MMA class mm-hmm. since I left the U.S. Um, so it's, it's kind of disheartening, but at the same time, I will – take the resources that I have and continue to train. Um, I, there's a lot of guys in my unit that do train and we even have our own team now. That's awesome. That's yeah. Really we're the Bavarian bad boys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should definitely look into fighting. Yeah. Uh, you'd be super good at it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely will. And I'll you at some point for some of um, fighting advice. <laughs> If if you if you don't mind me asking, what weight would you fight at? Um, so right now I'm at like 145. Okay, so you'd probably fight at one, either 135 or 125, probably. Mm. Yeah, you, that's the sucky thing about MMA is you got to cut weight. Oh, I mean, I'm on a cutting program now, so I'm not too <laughs> far ahead oh, there. Get it? Yeah. Get? It, I mean, yeah, whatever you put your mind to, you're gonna do, okay. and. That that would be that'd just be awesome to see you compete because you because you're one of the most competitive women that I've met, uh, and you're super good at your job. I think you would pick up all the technical stuff really quick as opposed to most people. Um, you're driven, and it'd be cool. Like I, I just all all my friends who are athletic and have that drive. Yeah, I always recommend them MMA. Uh, but yeah, you would definitely kill it. You kill it in the gym. Thank you. Like, Thank you're you're. you're uh, it's, it's cool to see, but outside of like working out and whatnot, just, just in life, what, what are some of your future goals and aspirations? <laughs> that's, that's such a hard question because I feel like I have so many, it's hard to like narrow down. Um, but professionally, you know, right now, well, maybe it's personal as well, but I'm working on my bachelor's for psychology. Um, so that's a goal that I have, um, that I'm, how close are you to that? Um, not that close right now, but we're getting there. Uh, okay, okay. Do you just go to school online? Yeah, I have to because of work. So, um, with our work schedule, it's really, it's going pretty slow, uh, as far as school, but as long as I'm, you know, steadily taking classes and just keeping. keeping yeah, just like and, one at a time. Yeah, but I'm on a good um, track right now. So, um, as long as I'm consistent, I think that I'll, I'll be all right. Um, other than that, um, you know, as I said, I love the Air Force. So as far as that goes, I'm going to try to I'm testing for tech this year as you are again. So um, that's that's my next goal at this point. And then after that, you know, I'm, I really want to be chief one day. So I'm doing everything that I can now to set myself up for that for the future. 
Um, and then as far as, you know, personal, I just think I just want to spread as much positivity as I can to people and motivate people as, you know, they've motivated me and just try to be the best person that I can. Chrissy, you're such a good person. <laughs> Thank you. I don't feel that way sometimes, but I do my best. Why? You know, I think it's hard sometimes to see all the good things that maybe other people see in us because we're, especially with me, because I'm such a perfectionist. So I, I tend to critique myself um, pretty harshly. So I, I, that, well, that's, that's yeah, good. Just, that's good. You're, you're constantly trying to, to better yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but, but, then, but, in, but in the day you're, you're super confident, you know who you are and you do have, and have done a lot of great things in the air force and, with your life so far. And that's why, uh, that's why I wanted to reach out with you or reach out to you. Cause I was like, man, I need, I need people with your mindset and your mentality to talk to and spread a little positivity for people who may be listening to this. Well, wow. Thank you. That really, um, blessed me. That's a, that's a really nice thing for you to say. And I definitely feel the same way about you. I think that's why we get along so well. Cause I, even from the, first few conversations we had and knew we had similar mindsets and you know that we could vibe so <laughs> we vibing we out here we vibing, vibing. <laughs> sure. what's popping brand new whip just oh, topped in <laughs> oh my goodness uh well well krista thank you for talking to me it was, it was awesome catching up with you i i'm glad you're you're getting settled in in Japan. Yeah, it was great talking to you too. And I'm glad you're, you know, getting settled down in Europe. I hope that some gyms open up for you so you can continue on in that training. And if not, then good luck on your hood rat gym. Hood rat gym. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're making a prison gym out yeah. here. It's going to be a prison gym, but it's it's still I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, we'll do what we can. But uh krista you have yourself a good rest of the night there in uh old okinawa thank you thank you you well i guess it's daytime for you over in italy oh yeah 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 it's 11 in the morning okay (laughs) well have a good rest of your day and it was great catching up i'm sure we'll do it again soon yeah yeah hakuna matata krista peace out okay bye (laughs) yeah